Welcome to the Wrap Yourself in Joy podcast. I'm Karen Dwyer, speaker, teacher, and author of four books on joy. If you are searching for more joy in your life, join me for about 15 minutes every week. It could change your life. My newest series is called Nehemiah and Rebuilding Hope. It's based on my book, Nehemiah, Rebuilding Hope and Joy in Your Life. It has an imprimatur and a built-in study guide. Today, I'm inviting you to join a Cup of Joy women's group. You can invite a few friends to join you in listening to the podcast, then meet over coffee each week to go through the study questions. For more information, go to wrapyourselfinjoy.com and look for Cup of Joy Women. The podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Hello. Welcome to Wrap Yourself in Joy. I'm Karen Dwyer, and you are listening to podcast number 11. It's the finale of the Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope series. It's based on my book, Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope and Joy in Your Life. Today, the final podcast is entitled, Nehemiah Recaps, The Joy of the Lord is Your Strength. In Nehemiah chapters 10, 11, and 12 from last week, we found that many moved back to Jerusalem and the Israelites signed a curse or oath agreement. They promised to support the temple, honor the Sabbath day, uphold a religious marriage, and serve God in everything. After the priests purified themselves, the people, the gates, and the walls, they implored God's presence at the dedication ceremony. Nehemiah appointed two praise processions on the wall. They praised and worshiped with thanksgiving and singing and rejoicing and playing instruments and even trumpets. It was so loud that all in the neighboring towns heard it. Well, things change. After serving as governor of Jerusalem for 12 years, from 444 to 432 BC, Nehemiah returned to Babylon to serve King Artaxerxes. Sometime later, he asked leave of the king and returned to Jerusalem. And that's the times the scriptures give us. What a shock! More than 12 years after all the rejoicing and triumph, Nehemiah found the people fallen away from their commitment to God and their covenant promises. Today, we join Nehemiah 13 before we come to a finale of the entire book of Nehemiah. Let's read excerpts from Nehemiah 13, 6 through 9, 22, and 30, where we are told, that Tobiah, the enemy of Israel, is back in the picture. He's moved into the temple. In verse 6, Nehemiah writes of the falling away. While this was taking place, I was not in Jerusalem. For in the 32nd year of King Artaxerxes of Babylon, I went to the king. After some time, I asked leave of the king and returned to Jerusalem. I then discovered the wrong that Eliashib had done on behalf of Tobiah preparing a room for him in the courts of the house of God. I was angry, and I threw all the household furniture of Tobiah out of the room. Then I gave orders, and they cleansed the chambers, and brought back the vessels of the house of God with the grain offerings and frankincense. I also found out that the portions of the Levites had not been given to them, so that the Levites and the singers who had conducted the service had gone back to their fields. Verse 15. In those days, I saw in Judah people treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in heaps of grain and wine and grapes and figs and all, which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I'd warned them at the time against selling food. Verse 22. 
And I commanded the Levites that they should purify themselves and come and guard the gates to keep the Sabbath day holy. In verses 23 and 24, we find that Nehemiah is greatly disturbed over the children who spoke the language of idolatrous nations, not the sacred Hebrew language, because their parents had married spouses from nations and families who worshipped idols. And then in verse 28 through 31, we read, And one of the sons of Jehoiada, son of the high priest Eliashib, was the son-in-law of Sambelet the Hornonite. I chased him away from me. Thus I cleansed them, and I established the duties of the priests and Levites, each in his work. And I provided for the wood offering at appointed times and for the first fruits. What caused the people to fall away so quickly? They only heard the word of God at public gatherings, so they were not reminded daily of God and his ways. When the high priest aligned himself with pagans and fell away from God, so did the people. Now, the Bible uses many terms for falling away from God, but warns often about forgetting him. For example, Deuteronomy 8, 13, and 16 says, When your herds and flocks have multiplied and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourself forgetting the Lord your God. In chapter 13, Nehemiah had no choice but to address the sinful actions of his people. Not only had the Israelites given their children in marriage to pagans in neighboring towns who did not use the sacred Hebrew language, but the people had stopped obeying the commandments and stopped keeping the Sabbath day holy. They engaged in business and engaged in farming on the day of rest. They stopped paying tithes, so the Levites had to return to farming to support their families instead of focusing on serving God. The Israelites stopped revering the temple. The high priest Eliashib had allowed Tobiah to move into the temple storehouse where the offerings were kept. Nehemiah exhorted them to stop the sacrilege of the Sabbath, the disrespect for the temple, and marrying outside of the faith because it took families away from worshiping the one true God. You know, remembrance was a theme throughout the book of Nehemiah. The people forgot God again and again, but Nehemiah kept calling them back to remember God, his faithfulness, and his promises. In the spiritual cleanup that Nehemiah attempted, he prayed, Remember me, O God, concerning this, and do not wipe out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for his service. His prayer was based on a common prayer from Psalm 106 that says this, Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you deliver them, that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, and I may glory in your heritage. It is sorrowful to know that after all the building and recommitment, the people fell away from God again. I could weep with Nehemiah over this. But it is good to remember Romans 15.4. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction so that by endurance and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. You see, God is faithful and we must all return to him again and again. He offers us strength and joy, and hope. The book of Nehemiah has reassured us that prayer changes everything, that every obstacle can be overcome, that every false accusation can lead to persistence, more prayer, and joyous victory, even in the most difficult situations. We can know and declare with Nehemiah, 
God is with us. God is for us. God is at work. God has a plan that changes everything. Therefore, with confidence, you and I can exclaim, Nehemiah 8.10, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Our study with Nehemiah began with a man named Nehemiah who was brokenhearted when he hears about the condition of his people and family in Jerusalem. He seeks God passionately, prays, repents, and fasts. And God answers his prayers. Nehemiah inspired his discouraged people to join him in rebuilding their city, their nation, and their lives. The book of Nehemiah still speaks to us today, over 2,500 years since it was written. Nehemiah reminds us how God's presence and power will guide us and transform our lives. Today, just as he did for Nehemiah, God calls us to pray, to trust, to surrender. God longs to be the center of our lives and desires to strengthen and equip us with the courage, the fortitude, and the direction to rebuild our lives. This study offers us hope and joy. At the same time, the last chapter warns us that we must continue to stand firm in our faith in God, His Word, and our church. Nehemiah reminds us to always remember God in everything. Well, let's close with reflection on the principles that we can apply from the book of Nehemiah to our lives. Which of these do you remember most and that seem to grab your attention and that you know you can apply? Number one, call on our loving God in the messy situations of life. Chapter one, for Nehemiah, his family and nation were in a mess of ruins. When Nehemiah heard about his beloved nation, his city, Jerusalem, and his family, He wept and fasted and prayed over their condition for four months. He appealed to God's deep love for his people, using the Hebrew names of God that stress God's covenant love, his greatness, his presence, and his power that are directed toward us. Number two, choose to procrastinate or supplicate. That's from chapter one, two. We learned personal intercession from Nehemiah's prayer. We can call the model ACTS with the acronym A, Adore God, C, Confess Your Sins, T, Thank God, and S, Supplicate Passionately for Your Needs and the Needs of Others. Number three, pray for favor and depend on God to open doors. That's chapters two and three of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was dependent on God and he prayed in every situation. He asked God for favor and waited for him to open the doors for change. He spoke courageously and truthfully to those in authority and to all his enemies. And God gave him favor and miraculously opened the way one step at a time. Four, become a perfumer or a perfume maker. All vocations are needed. Chapter three, Nehemiah called everyone to help build, even perfumers. If you feel you lack giftings, come anyway. Become a perfumer and help build. Bring the sweetness of God's Spirit and a sweet aroma of prayer to every stinky situation. Number five, face opposition standing firm against insults. That's actually chapters three, four, five, six, and seven. Nehemiah showed us a three-pronged approach to defeating opposition. Number one, pray. Number two, declare the truth instead of believing lies. 
And three, work together with others. Keep the sword of the Spirit, that's the Word of God, in one hand and your work tool or skill in the other. Number six, step back first. And when facing slander, pray, speak the truth, and persevere. That's chapters five, six, and seven. Nehemiah persevered. When angered, Nehemiah stepped back first before responding. When challenged with discouragement, diversion, division, or deception, pray, speak the truth, and persevere. Nehemiah persevered. He set priorities, surveyed the problem, developed a plan, called others alongside, and focused on building the walls and the gates. Evil workers did everything possible to discourage the people and stop the rebuilding. But Nehemiah stood firm against fierce attacks, prayed, and stayed focused. Number seven, declare the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's chapter eight. Nehemiah did not want the people to be dejected. He knew as they understood God's word and his forgiveness, they could go from weeping to rejoicing. He kept reminding his people that God was with them and the joy of the Lord was their strength. In praising God and rejoicing in God's love and forgiveness, heavenly joy returns. Number eight, create a personal prayer booth in your home. That's also chapter eight. Set up a small secret place where you can pray, praise, read scripture, and write in your prayer journal. Your corner of a room is like a spiritual booth or a hut where the Israelites celebrated the Feast of Booths to offer praise, thanksgiving, and read God's word aloud. Number nine, remember God will not forsake you. That's chapters 9 and 13. After experiencing God's faithfulness, the people fell away into sin in what could be called the rebellion revival cycle. When this happens, we must ask God's forgiveness. Engage in confession, even national confession. Make a change and read scripture to strengthen our resolve. Number 10, become a praiser and read God's word. That's chapters 10 and 12. Nehemiah called the people to worship, to praise, and to offer thanksgiving to God. He called them to return to celebrating the sacred feasts, especially the Feast of Booths, with Ezra Nehemiah led the people in spiritual restoration, starting with reading the Word of God aloud, confessing the sins of their nation and families, and then praising God's greatness so loud and with so much rejoicing and with so much joy that people all around heard them. What could our personal prayer response be as we sum up Nehemiah? So what will you do next? How can you start building? Nehemiah has taught us to remember God and whose we are, his precious children. He has taught us to pray about everything and stand firm against all evil. Nehemiah models personal intercession, and we can engage in it with the Acts model as a reminder. Adore God and praise his greatness and faithfulness. Confess your sins and those of your nation and family. Thank God for his blessings and promises 
and supplicate or pray with a passionate heart for what you need and for the needs of others. In all of these, incorporate scripture when possible. That's it for today's podcast. I'm so happy that you joined our Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope series. Please consider inviting a few friends over for coffee or tea every week for just one hour to discuss a one-page study guide that accompanies each podcast. It's called A Cup of Joy Women's Group, and it's a great way to gently evangelize others. I will provide you with free resources and all that you need. For more information, go to my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, and click under Cup of Joy Women. Please join me for my next series, Joyful and Battle Ready. I really invite you to start a Cup of Joy Women's Group. It will be fun. It will be fellowship. And you will grow in joy. And please remember always, Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Thanks for joining me today. Please visit me on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, where you can learn more about my books, download free bookmarks, and connect with me. Please follow me on your favorite podcast app and invite a friend to join you too. You can download the show notes from today at wrapyourselfenjoypodcast.com. Until next week, this is your friend Karen Dwyer reminding you to wrap yourself in joy. <music>